Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hi and hello, football fans. What, what you, Coming at you what, right now, the voice, or I should say, the color analyst for <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers. Come 2018, you, you Daniel Jeremiah, proud Mountaineer from App State, seated next to my main man from UNC. Say hello, everybody, to Bucky Brooks. Man, you know, Shaq, you know, I, what? I, I, I trusted you to take the lead what happened? on that. And you were off account because normally we go on like the second, the dump when, when it comes in, like right away. Like you let the, the full intro play before you jumped in. Have I'm you, not here to be you, coached up by you. You not listen to the pod? I, I thought you've listened to the pod Bucky's enough right. that you know when you, you come in. I was you miss, right out of the gate, so contentious. You kind of was waiting on me to cue him. Yeah, I was, I was waiting on like, do, do you need a cue? Like what? I'm a coachable player, Buck. I was here. I, I was. I was waiting for the key. I know. The, I know you from used the to OC running behind the glass, Sully. There. I know you used to doing the DDFP thing, where it's kind of like your thing, but it's, it's it's a little more of a team team deal over here. <laughs> That's right. Team, My prima donna business won't fly over here. Yeah, right? it's a little more team friendly on this side. I got you. I got you. All right. So, hello to Bucky Brooks. How are we? And uh, first of all, Bucky, love all your stuff on social media. Love seeing you oh, out there man. on Fox Sports, uh, Kibitzin, obviously on NFL Network. And uh, here we are and move the sticks as well. And a lot of noise, by the way, coming at you over the course of this episode. One half of, it's a home-and-home home, uh, with the aforementioned Dave Damashek football program, Bucky and I, after Home-and-home. Home. Right, that's it's what It's the first time I've ever, I've ever heard of heard of that, a uh, home-and-home. Sully kind of brought up a home-and-home. Well, home. Right, well, you're, like, you're a football home. Like, why do they need to be home-and-home? Home? Like, why can't we just have both home games? Like, when yeah. Pitt comes to Carolina, shouldn't they play both games at Carolina? Carolina's a little more picturesque. Stadium. I don't know if I care for that kind of nonsense. But anyhow, yeah, I, I, I believe me, I'm not going to go into ACC, especially basketball, given what uh, what my Pitt Panthers have done or not. Are y'all, are y'all still in the conference? I mean, kind of, I guess, technically. I mean, they're not, they're not really in it. <laughs> um, but either way, uh, Bucky, the big news is, of course, Levy and Bell. We're going to talk about that. But uh, like I was saying, we are going to cover the NFC side on this show. And then on the DDFP, we're going to do the AFC side for the 2018 Jenga piece 
for I liked all it. 30 This is like one of my favorite things. Like if I could – I would like to steal this from you, like just swipe it and go and do other things. I think I've seen some other programs that have taken it. I've is looked, that true? I've looked at some some other networks, and sometimes like really? the Jenga thing kind of comes that up. That doesn't shock me whatsoever. It kind of comes up. Like who's the Jenga piece? I'm very clever. This is, uh, this is the cross. You're a creator. Yeah, that's right. You are a Now, creator. Bucky – the Jenga theory, for anyone who may not be aware, what happens is that, of course, in 21st century pro football, it's not a matter of if you're going to have injuries. It's a matter of who's going to get hurt and will, if you take out the wrong piece, like a play, if you take the wrong guy out of the roster, the whole thing can implode like a uh, intense game of Jenga. So we're going to go through all the teams here, and we're going to ID for you who that guy is. Of course, the major asterisk that we must put on this is the quarterback spot because almost every team would have their season ruined were they to lose their starting quarterback, the defending world champs notwithstanding. And also Bucky Brooks fevered arguing on Twitter notwithstanding. Bucky, you're very offended for Le'Veon Bell and for high-end running backs. You think quarterbacks are too often given the, just given, the, the just ball. Given, just given money. We just give money to any quarterback. Case Keenum, oh, you got to be $20 million. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm absolutely with you. I, so when I went back and I, I looked through, because obviously I went through SportTrack, then I looked at the amount of money being paid to quarterbacks, and I was like, the median, because sometimes I like to use a word, but like maybe they don't understand the median. Medium is the halfway point. Like below the median, we have quarterbacks Wait, the, that are making. The sticks audience doesn't know median. No, 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 no. Wow. The Twitterverse. Oh, okay. The Twitterverse. Like sometimes those guys <laughs> arguing with you, they right. might not understand what the median is. So I was like, I got we got quarterbacks below the median making more than what Lev Bell is earning. So let me just run down some of these quarterbacks that I saw. These guys rank 17 to 21. Sam Bradford. He makes twenty million per year. Insane. Ryan Tannehill, the great Ryan Tannehill, nineteen point two five. Case Keenum, eighteen million. And your favorite quarterback, Blake Bortles, just signed a nice new contract, eighteen million per. And then whatever you want to call him. The beige pistol, the red rocket, Andy, <laughs> Andy, Andy Dalton, sixteen million. A year. I like, like just, to just call him Andy. I think that kind of IDs who he is for everybody. I mean, just, just think QB about that. Your QB is Andy. Andy Dalton makes 60. So, in thinking about what all of those guys have accomplished in their respective careers versus what Lev Bell has been able to do for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I understand because I come from a couple of different places. I've been at places where we really valued the running back. We paid running backs big money. We leaned on the running back. The running back was the basis of the offense, so we didn't mind spending money. In Carolina, we did that. We did it first with Stephen Davis, came back and did it with Deshaun Foster. Then we did it again with D'Angelo Williams and again with Jonathan Stewart. The running back was a very valuable piece. Drafted high, paid, paid very, very well because they were the centerpiece of the offense. I've also been in places where – the Green Bay Packers. We didn't necessarily value the running back like that. We went to Super Bowls and won a bunch of games with Dorsey Levin and Edgar Bennett and guys that were just kind of rotational players kind of fitting in as part of a committee. I've also spent time with a team, the Buffalo Bills, where they put their money into their best players on offense. Andre Reid, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly went to four straight Super Bowls. Yes, they didn't win it, but four straight Super Bowls, unprecedented. So I've seen it a bunch of different ways. So now – my contention has been everyone's like, oh, you can go to the Super Bowl with any running back. Just put them together. It's not that. Yes, you can. You absolutely can do it by committee. However, if you're going to take a committee approach, 
the quarterback has to be at a higher level. You're not going to have an average quarterback and average running backs winning Super Bowl titles. It doesn't work. So if we want to base it off the quarterback, right, the better the quarterback, the lesser the need to have a marquee running back. However, the more that quarterback comes back down to the median, the better the supporting cast has to be. And so when I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and I look at the way this team is constructed, constructed, Ben Roethlisberger, upper echelon quarterback, A.B., arguably the top receiver in the game. Lev Bell is the top running back, top two or three running back in the game. Those three guys are really the centerpieces of your offense. You and not coincidentally, one. they consume a gigantic portion, a gigantic percentage of the A gigantic percentage cap. of the cap. So then everyone is saying like, oh, what is still is having one with that? Well, is it Big Ben, A.B., and Lev Bell's fault? No. When you do that, you put the pressure on them offensively, every time you take the field, the expectations, I need you to score 28 points. Because then we're taking the pressure off of the defense. You're not putting the money in those guys and then saying defense hold people to 10 points a game. Mm -hmm. They're not built like that. And yesteryear, when they were winning Super Bowls and Ben Roethlisberger was kind of like the complimentary piece, well, all the money was tied into the defense. When you had all of those guys, well, let me let me say guys. about that exactly that you know we you and I Buck talked about this maybe four, five, six years ago now at this point with the rise of the Niners and Seahawks and specifically Kaepernick and Russell Wilson and I do remember talking about that it's really not fair to Brady and Peyton when you try to hold them up and how they are performing and how their overall roster is constructed versus what the Seahawks and Niners had going because they were paying. Uh, high-end quarterbacks on rookie deals, yes. whereas Brady and Peyton, to your point, were consuming massive percentage of that, and part of the task, if you are that quarterback and you're commanding that amount of loot, you better cover up the warts because you're not going to have a flawless roster. And that is the thing, and that is the trick, and I think somewhere in this, executives kind of lost that piece of it. When you pay someone big money, you're paying them to make everything else right. That's right. So when I pay... Kirk Cousins, like, because I, I think I was going to bring his name I up think, to you next. I think Kirk Cousins has the sweetheart deal. He is getting out of this more than anybody can ever get out of it. Not only do I want all the money, I want to go to the best team so I can – no, 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 no. That's not how it's supposed to work. When I pay you $30 million, you're supposed to take the lesser rands, the unknowns, and make them better. It's not, oh, I'm going to pay you $30 million, and then you go to the team with – arguably the best one-two punch on the perimeter, and Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, mm -hmm. uh, you're kind of fudging the e equation a little bit. I expect someone that is making over $30 million, you elevate those around you. That well, should be the expectation. I, By the way, I can't wait to get to the Vikings to hear who you consider to be their Jenga piece beyond the quarterback. But with Kirk Cousins, have you ever experienced – this is the question to me from the outside looking into that – is now the, the premise has changed for Kirk Cousins. You know, he was in D.C., it was a feel-good story, mm -hmm. obviously was drafted to be the backup. Now we can talk about whether or not Shanahan actually liked him better than RG3 from yep. the get-go or not. Either way, he goes in, it's a Cinderella story. Wait, the backup is now a star and all that, took him to a playoff spot. But now that he's a $30 million man, oh, yeah. do you suspect that that puts a pressure on him that he has to rise to? Does he sense what you're talking about, that he's now got to be the man? He's not on the team. He's the main man, and if there's anything wrong, he gets all the blame now. 
That's how it should be, yes. He's the main dude. He's a superstar. Do you think he's got the mental makeup to deal with that? uh, We'll see. I mean, we'll see because he doesn't have a winning record right now. We can blame the Washington Redskins. We'll say, oh, the organization was dysfunctional. So let's wipe that away. Now you're in the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings have proven over the last couple years they have one of the most talented rosters. They've won a ton of games. They're on the cusp of being a Super Bowl team. Right now, Kirk Cousins is being counted on to get them over the top. So anything less than getting to the Super Bowl, is a failure. Like, that's just what it is. They got to the championship game with Case Keenum. You are now saying that the reason we spent, what, $16 million more per year is for that one game, mm-hmm. to get them beyond the championship game into the Super Bowl. So, yeah, Kirk Cousins, he should feel the weight of expectations on his shoulder. And the feel-good story and all of those other things, great. But when they kick off in September and it's a regular season game, that is the expectation that Kirk Cousins is going to make this team dramatically better than what they were a season ago. And it has to be because of him, not because of the other people. Uh, yeah, and I agree and I, and I agree with everything you're saying. The 21st century path to Super Bowl glory. It's it's not there is not there's evidence on both sides uh, of uh, of this debate whether you not to have need to have the so-called I hate to use the e word but well you know what I'll use a different one that you used earlier echelon the upper echelon quarterback if you are in fact that guy that is the guy who wins the lion's share of Super Bowls in the 21st century they have been dominated not just by Brady but by Peyton Roethlisberger Russell Wilson it's only a handful of dudes Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers those are the guys that have won that's it I think. I think it comes down to, what, five, six guys? Right. Flacco kind of slipped in through the back now, door. Now, Russell Wilson did it, not coincidentally, on his rookie deal. On his rookie deal, Kaepernick sure. almost beat the Ravens on his rookie deal, but but Flacco did it when he wasn't getting paid like he's getting I don't know if right there's now. been a big-money quarterback that has won. I don't know if there's been a $20 million-plus quarterback that has won a Super Bowl. I think even with Tom Brady, Tom Brady, had, he's just now in the $20 million range, and I don't think – Two years ago when he won it, I don't think hmm. he was making 20 mil per. So that is the trick. So as much as we talk about these quarterbacks and the big quarterbacks and the big-time dudes, none of those dudes that have commanded like a king's ransom have pushed their team over the top. So what does that really say about that position? Are we overvaluing and overpaying that position? Should we probably do a better job of holding a tighter budget at quarterback so we can have all the other stuff that you need. Because at the end of the day, I believe there are only three quarterbacks that can really single-handedly get I don't their li- team I don't like where you come down the on deal. this one. Why? Who are your three? Rodgers, Brady, Brees. No, not Brees. Oh, it's not Brees. Okay. No, no, not Brees. Go Russell ahead. Wilson. Oh, and Russell Wilson. Those are the three. Okay, well, Russell Wilson didn't go to the playoffs last year. He didn't, but we've seen what he's done with his. I think he's dynamite. Yeah, yeah I think he. Seen, I think he's we've weirdly seen him, slept upon. Yeah, with him. we've seen we've seen him carry carry the squad. I think those are the three guys that are in the VIP right. club. The other guys are kind of dancing around it, like Come maybe on. they can get a drink, but they can't get in. Come on, buddy. Where, where, who You're am I missing? Even, you obviously. Who am I missing? Ben Roethlisberger, for goodness' sakes! What are you talking you, about? Who? Not the the, the the guy who's been to three Super Bowls. That yeah, guy. Yeah, they got they got, the guy who goes to the playoffs more years than not. Yeah, but that that guy that was kind of doing it behind a terrible offensive line when they won the Super Bowl against the Cardinals. Whoa! What about that O line? How bad that O line? How good was that defense? That defense for ten years was number one or two. We are talking about that. You bring up O line with Big Ben, but not Russell Wilson. Uh, Listen, the three guys that are O line, crummy O line proof, are Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, but he's one of the top offensive lines right now. 
Now he does, yeah. Yeah. So Anyhow, he's I'm not, not in I'm the not... conversation. Like that's why he's not in the VIP club. The... All right. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to get into this with you. I've already, I'm into it now, but I'm not going. I'm not going to. We could save it, it for. We could save it for the other side of I'm the not, I'm not saying that he's not a top ten quarterback. I'm just saying he's not in the three. He's not in the, the VIP. Like the VIP. Like everyone doesn't get a little gold wristband to get in. Okay. All right. I mean, I I, I find it. I. I I don't know how to couch this question. He's right there. He, he, and, he and Matt Stafford are standing side by side waiting to get in. You know what? One year ago, Cindy Freeland sat where you're sitting and made a case for Stafford being at least Roethlisberger's equal. He's in there. I, I, I balked at the time. but He's in there. I, maybe, maybe, you know what? And by the way, beware this one, Buck. Everybody's talking about those aforementioned Minnesota Vikings. Oh, Rodgers is back. I love the young uh, corners that they've added. That defense is going to be good. Dom Capers out. I think uh, uh, a Mike defense. Well, listen, I, 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 I think that that defense is going to look different. It's going to play differently. And um, I do. I like that defensive front looking at how the world champs got it done last year. They kind of copycatted that and built up uh, their defensive front there. And I think that's going to be great as well. But um, you know the idea that um, that Russell Wilson is is a guy who's beyond reproach, but Ben Roethlisberger is not. I just say he's beyond reproach. I just said he's in the VIP club. Well, all right. Did you see I, what I, he, you see how slippery he's being? I just I just being slippery. I just say he was beyond reproach. He should, deserves criticism when those. He said he's right there outside the club, sitting there waiting with Matt Stafford. Like the last the last two years, the dude has single handedly carried there. He's been their offense. He's been everything. He's been their best rusher. Carried them. Their to best what? passer. Like I mean, he's been everything. Okay, but carried them to what? Yeah, he's the been their everything Pittsburgh. to what? Same Nine thing? and seven ish. Nine and seven last year. Okay, winning record, but the year before they went to the playoffs. Yeah, I know. And what still is what has been what has been led us to okay. he, has, he has the best offensive firepower let's get to any team in the league all right let's get to it but the, what, what i was oh that's what i was gonna say yes i didn't Green Bay packers i got off on the side on a sidetrack mm-hmm. <laughs> yes everybody's consumed with the vikings with the packers uh-huh you know what what the, year, what the Lions? see the cavaliers finally get over the hump the eagles fight the cubs so this is what you're Maybe saying? It's the Lions' turn to make a run. Really? You don't like that Lions roster? What's that supposed to be? They don't even like. You're, their, alone. you're, you're dying on that hill by yourself even, right they now. They don't even like their coach. Their coach runs them too much. You're, you've heard all the reports coming out there. They run no. too much. They're running laps for jumping off sides. Imagine every time that you misspoke or you mispronounced the word or anything like that. I made you run a lap around the NFL media parking lot. Would you respond to that? Well, he would be good. First off, he wouldn't stop running. (laughs) I mean, the other thing is, (laughs) doesn't imagine. Okay, listen, that's a conversation for another time, then. But Matt Patricia, it is a funny thing that Belichick's coaching tree, compared to the all-time legend coaches, they all have great coaching trees. Save Bill Belichick, his most successful pupil to date is Bill O'Brien, and he's had a nice little run there in Houston. But it hasn't exactly uh, born, bared, bared a lot of fruit. The Belichick. See, imagine right there, lap. You be up. We hit the door. I mean, at least at least he can say, at least he can say, like, hey, it worked for us in Foxborough. That would you would think would command some respect, some cachet, for a little bit. They got to start winning some games. All right, let's get to it now. We started off in the NFC. It's time for the 2018 Jenga pieces for all the NFL teams again. No quarterbacks. 
It's just too easy. If you take Matt Stafford off the Lions, obviously, where are they going to go? And Nick Foles did, in fact, win the Super Bowl, but it was Carson Wentz who took him most of the way there. So so I know that there are going to be some cynics out there that say, why can't you do quarterbacks? But this is how we're going to do it. And let's start off with the defending world champ, shall we? Philadelphia, PA, the reigning America's team, as I have announced them. I don't care what Dallas wants to call itself. That was America's team, Chris Long. Malcolm Jenkins and the rest of the fellas doing great work beyond the and outside the lines, but we're talking inside the lines. Who is their Jenga piece? Fletcher, Fletcher Cox. Yes. Fletcher Cox is their most important piece because you think about building a championship squad, you got to build it inside out. Fletcher Cox, as their defensive tackle, their five technique, he really kind of sets the table for the way that they want to play defensively. You remove him from the equation – it becomes tougher. They're deep. They're talented. They added Haloti Nada. They have some other pieces in place. But 91 is the guy that I think is the, the focal point of what they do. I agree. And uh, Chris Long, a uh, great human being, but also not a half-bad pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, the narrative on him was, maybe it's time for him to hang it up. You all of a sudden put him next to Fletcher Cox and a bunch of other young and dominant D linemen. Chris Long was uh, was devastating in January last year. If you go back and look yep. at how he played, what do you think that's going to do for Michael Bennett now? You mentioned Haloti Nada, Michael Bennett – also there, I'd like to say, ah, you know what, that was a, a, a fun Cinderella story for the Eagles, but I kind of don't see them going much anywhere. Oh, you think, you think, you think it might be a dynasty? I don't a think, dynasty? I don't, no, no, no. I no? didn't say they're winning the Super Bowl, but I don't think they suddenly fall off a cliff like oh. some teams do. You know, no, how far do they get? They don't win the Super Bowl. How far do they get? You're really good at predicting records. I think that they win the division. Ooh. You're disagreeing with that part. Ooh. You're, you're going to go with the Giants in that division, aren't you? Ooh, I mean, Bucky's already said print the shirts for the Giants. So, uh, well, I'm getting a lot of resistance on that. I've already, Sean O'Hara, uh, Cleveland Brown star, uh, sat on the DDFP mm-hmm. last week. Name drop, and uh, yeah, that's right. And he uh, he laughed at me as well when I said the Giants. Go, you won't laugh if you look up the first seven games of the New York Giants in 2018. I'm not worried about that. You you're basing it off what last last year's teams did. I know this much. They start. At home, against here's a bad recipe. If you're against Javier. Right. Yeah. What do you think? Tom Coughlin's homecoming, that defense, which has a chip on its shoulder, as you know, they're going to come into New York, and if they steamroll Eli, they make Eli and company look bad. Nah. By by halftime of the first week, the Boo oh. Birds are going to be out against Big Blue. Saquon. Okay, we'll see. Okay, so Fletcher Cox, I'm with you on that one. Uh, next up, let's go with uh, with the alleged America's team. The this Dallas America's Cowboys. Team. No, I, I announced last year. You must have missed it. We're not abiding by just because they decided to be American. America's team. team. Doesn't mean that you, you didn't just see get the video to, way, way, way back. I saw it. When you, we were just kids? Don't, you just don't get to grab a title like that, that that's a good America's team, and own it forever. It's got to be a moving award. Texas Stadium? Yeah. It's got to be a hold on the top so God can watch his. I've favorite. seen it. I've seen it. No? <laughs> that was right. That was For all the Cowboys. Cowboys this is uh, easy. Propaganda. This is easy. We saw it. We've seen what it, what it plays out. Zeke Elliott Correct. is That's a Jenga piece. You take him away, the entire team has a tendency to fall apart. He really affects the way the quarterback performs. I think Zeke is the guy. He is the one that they can't be without. Uh, as a side note, quality of running back, we you you just made a pretty uh, good case that it's a good thing, obviously, to have a, uh, a dynamite running back. There aren't a ton of those guys in the league that are, you know, Lev Bell, Zeke Elliott, David Johnson types out there, Todd, Todd Gurley. Gurley. But um, the one thing that if you do go back through it, you know, it's it's more than anecdotal at this point with uh, all the 21st century 
champions that we've now seen in pro football. The one thing that is a myth is that you have to have a dominant number one wide receiver. Look at the teams that have done it. Obviously, the Patriots never won. They had Randy Moss, but they never won a Super Bowl with him. Who's the dominant receiver? I guess Alshon Jeffrey on the Eagles. Go back through it. I mean, the uh, through the 21st century, a lot of teams that win the Super Bowl don't necessarily no, it's have a more a system, a little more systematic. And that's, and, what, and that's some the knock it. on the Cowboys going into 2018. Who's catching the passes from Dak? As long as they can cobble together. I actually think they are better off without – Des Bryant and Jason Witten. Uh, Dak Prescott, his numbers are ridiculous when he throws to eight or more different targets. 14 and 2, 21 and 4, touchdown to interception ratio. Um, it just shows that when he is able to just drop back and find the open guy, get the ball to him without the pressure and the stress of having to force feed the ball to 88, he's a better player. And to be honest, Zeke Elliott really sets the table for the rest of the way those guys work because he's going to command so much attention inside as the runner, one-on-one on the outside, Cole Beasley and those guys will be able to operate. I believe you'll see Dak Prescott play better because Zeke Elliott is behind. I agree with you uh, about all of that and also for what it's worth, Jason Garrett is not a roller coaster ride week to week. It's year to year. I mean, the Cowboys with Jason Garrett are bad one year, good not next. seven. Okay. They were 9-7 last year. And a lot of people thought that they were uh, Super Bowl contenders going into the season. I mean, you, you remove one of your best players for six games. Okay, I'm just telling you what the, what the, what, where we stand right now. Here's the good news, Cowboys fans. This, is the, this should be a good year based on the roller coaster. And uh, I do like some of their defensive pieces. You know, I th- they're, they're quietly. And I like, uh, I, I like Van Der Esch as well, lining up against Sean Lee. If he could just stay right for one season, let's see what, the, what they can do. All right, D.C., let's go out to Alex Smith's new club. You know, this is a tough one because they don't really have a lot of stars. But I think the player that is the most important piece for them would be Ryan Kerrigan. Hmm. The pass rusher off the edge. He's been consistent. He's been reliable. He's been dependable. Um, He's always available for them to make big plays. Now, their defense hasn't played very well. They haven't ranked in the top ten. It's been a minute. But I believe for them, you remove him, they really don't have anything among the front line that you necessarily worried about. they got some intriguing young players, Jonathan Allen, some of the other guys that they recently brought in via the draft. But I believe – Kerrigan is the one that makes their defense go. And for them to win in this division, their defense has to play up to snuff. Kerrigan's a big part of that. And I've uh, I've come around on uh, what Alex Smith might be able to do there. And oh, finally? Yeah. Finally? You- I mean, I've, I, I, have, I have been a Alex Smith supporter for the vast majority of his career. Is he a top 15 quarterback? Uh, off the top of my head, I would say yes, but I'd have, top to, 10? I'd have to scratch it out. Can we no. get Alex Smith in the top 10? No, we cannot get Alex Smith in the oh, top 10. Oh, my God. Off the top of my head, I'll, I'll just reel him off. Aaron Rodgers, Brady, Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Phil Rivers, Stafford. Um, who am I forgetting? Carson Wentz. Um, right there. He's right. He's right. He's right. He's right. He's right there. More? How about this one? How about the head-to-head Derek Carr versus Alex Smith? Who do you want more? Alex Smith. Is that right? Yeah. Ooh, you better not say that too loudly around here. What, David? Yeah. I mean, I know David's been doing a lot of upper body work, but I'm okay. Do you know that Dave, <laughs> Do you know, by the way, that Gruden gave David Carr an ID badge to get into the Raiders facility to lean over the OC shoulder, presumably, and be like, "Hey, I really want to see uh, Derek get the ball. Uh, I want to throw." The everybody ball. has ID badges. Coach is letting everybody come. Back. I don't know about this. I don't know if I. I at, at the minimum, the Steelers need to give me one. 
the <laughs> minimum. Just to help out, you know. I could give some rah-rah speeches. All right, let's go uh, to New York or New Jersey. Uh, this is easy. Look, we saw what happened last year when he wasn't on the field. The New York Giants are a completely different team when Odell Beckham Jr. is not available. He is the guy, the star that stirs the drink. He makes Eli Manning better. I want to say there's a 10-plus point difference when he's on the field versus when he's not. He's the guy. Uh, we can, we can, we can move I on. thought you might do something fun and go with a guy who's never even been on an NFL field yet. And, Saquon? Uh, and go Saquon. And the other guy who I think a lot of frustrated Giants fans might uh, might throw out there is uh, Nate Solder as well. He's <laughs> Talk about a guy who's got a lot of money who's now expected to be a savior. Uh, he's it. But Will Hernandez next to him. Oh, man, you sound like Ben McAdoo. All right. Well, is that what you got from – is that what you gleaned from Ben McAdoo's remarks? Was they allowed? Oh, not my fault that uh, the kid couldn't play at left half of the NFL. <laughs> of all the things he said, all the snark he threw out there. Um, all right, I'll go with 13 on you for you on that one. But uh, let's move now to where do you want to go? North, south, or let's west? go to the west. Let's go to the west. Let's to the it. west we go. The LA Rams. A lot of enthusiasm right now. Yeah, this is the team. This is the team. This, this is the Super Bowl this, this, team. This is the team right here. Oh. This is the team. That's right how here. crazy you're getting. You're going to say Super Bowl team. Oh, absolutely. Like, everything is coming to L.A. Everything. Super Bowl, LeBron comes to the Lakers. I don't like the Lakers, but I guess I'm going to have to pull for the Lakers because LeBron's here. Championship's going to come this way. Everything is coming to L.A., but it's going to start with the Rams. Aaron Donald, number 99, is the most important piece. You have him with Ndamukong Sue. The way they're able to pressure you up the gut, he sets the table. He is their best player on their squad, with or without, including the quarterback. Yeah, got to go. I uh, all do respect. Todd Gurley would be next, though. Another Todd Gurley would be next. Yeah, but uh, Aaron Donald is the best player in the in uh, all the NFL, and I don't think there's a whole lot of debate about that at this point. Um, next up, the Seattle Seahawks. Boy, things change fast in pro football, Bucky. Yeah, you know? changes changes real fast. Legion, it? Legion of Boom. This is a this is a te- this is a, a would be dynasty if Marshawn Lynch gets the ball at the goal line in forty nine. They just hand it to him. Yeah. By the way, I resent you for saying that I am some sort of denier on Alex Smith. I've been on board with that since Utah. Since Utah, friend. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't love him. I I was touting Alex. You wouldn't Smith. even put him in the top ten. You were we, were we just talking about the Seahawks? We were, but all right, back to the Seahawks. <laughs> all right, I do because that one sticks in my craw, Sully. Yeah, true. Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas, remove him from the field, the cake falls flat, and the Seattle Seahawks have a tough decision that they make. Earl wants to either get extended or be traded. If they trade him away, like poof, their playoff aspirations go up in smoke. We have seen what that secondary looks like when he's not in there, when he's not in the middle controlling everything, being the traffic cop. He is their most important player. They have to have him to have any chance of being a viable contender. So you suspect then that he is out there for opening day in uh, in Seattle or wherever the Seahawks start the 2018 season? Or do you think that he's uh, wearing that star on the side of his hat? Mm, it'd be good to see him with the star. I think he stays in Seattle. I think – I don't know if – Dallas, because all the leverage now kind of swings to the teams that are calling in. They know that Earl Thomas doesn't want to be in Seattle unless he gets a new deal. So kind of goes in their favor. I think he still stays in Seattle, at least for the first half of the season. Um, 
and it's really important for them. It's a fun new world over the last three years after lamenting the lack of trades compared to the other uh, big sports in in, uh, the U.S. The NFL didn't see a ton of trades. All of a sudden, though, right up through August and even in season, you're seeing trades. I could absolutely see it going that way. I do wonder – from the Seahawks' point of view, they can't realistically be thinking, hey, you know what, no one's paying attention to us, but this is our year. They they must know. I mean, have you been a part of franchises with that where you say, like, whatever we do, obviously this doesn't end with us lifting the Lombardi. Oh, no, we always think you had a shot. You do. Even in Jacksonville, we felt like we had a shot. I am already. Three and seven, turned it around. On the DDFP, I've been announcing the teams that definitely, because as you talk about rosters at this time of the year, you can make a case for almost any team that's optimistic. You could say, you know, they did kind of do this. It's harder to identify the teams that are definitely not going to be good, definitely not going to go to the playoffs. Two of those teams I've already ID'd, Bucky, we just talked about. The Seattle Seahawks and the New York Giants. I refer you back to the Whoa. Giants' first seven games. But, yes, I think Whoa. it's more evident that the Seahawks are in transition now. The Giants? Bobby Wagner, terrific. You know, he's another guy I would consider there. Doug Baldwin, a little slept Russ. on. But, right. You got Russ, though. To say it's not going to be good when you got Russell Wilson, you got one of the few VIPs in the league. All right. That's that's your premise. That's not mine that Russell Wilson is is uh, somehow able to carry a you don't team. Like, you don't like nice guys at quarterback? I like him very much. I like Russell right. Wilson a great deal. Next up, let's go with the uh, with the Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. For some Easy. reason, I almost just called them Patrick the Peterson. Peters. Patrick Peterson. Pat Pete. Number one quarter in shadows, the number one receiver. It's going to play a different role this year, a little more zone, a little more off coverage, have his eyes on the quarterback. Look for him to change his game. And I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. I, I believe in being bold, spicy. Pat Pete is going to lead the league in interceptions. Lead the league in interceptions. Lead the league in interceptions. I love it. With I... a minimum of eight. And the reason why this year will be the first year that he is able to see the ball come out of the quarterback's hands because he's playing more zone. Tips, overthrows, lead to interceptions. Pat P, the interception leader, 2018. People talk about the no-fly zone and the Darrell Revis years are starting – or uh, his uh, prime years are starting to get into the rearview mirror now and Xavier Rhodes and anyone else you want to try and tout – Pat Pete, man, he's a he's weirdly kind. Uh, and Richard Sherman for the bluster and the legitimate greatness in, uh, in for his days up in Seattle. It seems like Pat Pete maybe doesn't make enough noise, doesn't flap his gums enough. I don't know what it Not is. Not enough interceptions, and because of that, because of that, well, he always has taken the top assignment and followed that and, guy all over. And when you play man to man, your back is to the quarterback, so you don't have as many opportunities to see the ball thrown. So a lot of his interceptions are last minute, late head flip around. Those things, tougher to get interceptions. You want interceptions, you play zone. You want to lock people down, you play man-to-man. By the way, uh, get uh, just forget with the the Sam Bradford jazz. Just start the kid, right? Yeah. Let him turn around Josh and hand Rosen. it to my Jenga piece, David Johnson. That's Your more, Jenga piece. It's a more straightforward one, right? I mean, David Johnson I mean, makes nice sense. It's not ridiculous. It's a nice piece. Next up, the team that also is going to suppress wins for the Seattle Seahawks, the San Francisco 49ers. At least that's the expectation for I mean, most of them. Everybody's ready to annoy you. You got Jimmy GQ. Everybody's ready. $27 million quarterback coming off of five straight wins at the end of the season. The San Francisco 49ers looking like viable contenders to some. However, the season is going to be challenging. It's going to be challenging because now they have the film on Jimmy G. Everyone is ready to get everybody's best shot because they're playing five primetime games, which matters. Everyone gears up for those games. And then when you look at the team, 
they still kind of constructed the way they were a season ago. Not a bunch of big changes when it comes to offensively. Jerry McKinnon comes in. I didn't like that move. I mean, I like it, but I know what he's trying to create. He's trying to create what he had in Atlanta when he had Tevin Coleman and yeah. Devontae Freeman, two guys that can kind of make plays and do some of those things. I think the big thing with the Niners, their defense has to step up and be a dominant core. For me, their Jenga piece is Ruben Foster. Hmm. Ruben Foster is a tone setter. He kind of gives the defense an identity with the way that he plays. If they can keep him around, keep him healthy, he's available, that defense is going to play at a high level. I'll sign off on that one. I feel like, um, yeah, I, uh, like I say, I don't love the – Carlos Hyde out, uh, Jarek McKinnon in. I don't exactly like hey, that. Carlos, a, Carlos Hyde was fine. I know. From a pedigree standpoint, I, I liked uh, Hyde much better than just about anybody else. I, I, I Like I say, I loved him back at Ohio State. I like uh, the, the physical makeup of the guy. I liked watching him run. He just wasn't out on the field all that often. Yeah, he's fine. We'll see what he yeah. does. I, I, you know, I think in uh, Cleveland, maybe a nice little, uh, you know, Maybe he's going to split here. some time. Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson's going to be a major major factor in the passing game. All right. Let's not forget that Hugh Jackson's still the coach up there. Oh, uh, yeah. Talk about a guy who was anointed before he really hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Ty Haley. Ty Haley's the offense coordinator. Greg Williams' defense coordinator. You can make an argument. I was almost close to putting those guys on my top five play callers list. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, we saw what Ty Haley did in Pittsburgh. He transformed Big Ben – Made him a more efficient and effective passer. I'm with you on that. I don't think he got nearly enough credit for nah. what he did. In, in Then ben, ben ran him out. Right. For, well, for, right. For an unproven commodity. It's kind of like, it, 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 it loosely, the analogy for me would be Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan midway through their careers transitioning kind of pushing, from being more ele- electric get-to-the-rim guys and, you know, being uh, converting into uh, mid-range guys. Roethlisberger, people seem to have forgotten how he played the bulk of his career, running around, bouncing off guys Taking and everything his, else. You now know, he's I, you know what I have a tough time remembering? Because he always reminds you how hurt he is, and it's always something whenever the mic is in front of him. Oh. It is always oh, something. Oh, that microphone comes always. out a lot when you're making deep playoff runs. Something. Anyhow, the 49ers, you go Reuben Foster. I do think, like I say overall, that they really have invested over the last three drafts or so. They've really tried to build up that defense. Now it's time for it to pay some dividends, right? Yeah, it's time for it. They got to make a play. I mean, but they do have, again, to pet, uh, to the point about pedigree, they would seem to have a lot of high-end pieces coming out of college now, big five players now, big five conference players now populating all three levels. It should be. The defense should take a major jump this year. Like the the amount of top picks they've invested in that, that side, on that side of the ball, it's about time for it to, to pay off in some way. To the NFC North we go. Let's start in the Twin Cities, the Minnesota Vikings. Here we go, Buck. Harrison Smith, best safety in football. That doesn't get enough credit for what he does. And what Great does he job do? of control. He's the ultimate traffic cop. He's versatile. He can play in the deep middle. He can play in the box. He can blitz off the edge. He can cover. Harrison Smith checks off all of the boxes, and he's an outstanding leader. Not necessarily the most vocal guy, but he gets it done. His performance kind of sets the table for the rest of the guys on the squad. I had a hunch you would go with uh, someone out of the secondary, not either Thielen or Diggs. Um, I, uh, to me, I, I, I uh, really like uh, Xavier Rhodes. To me, he's, I like him. Uh, but Rhodes are close. Yeah, I like him. Number one corner, he can do that. The only reason is I think Harrison best Smith is he is he the number one to me to my less trained eye than yours. I think he would uh, he jumps out to me week after week. Really good player. Um, 
I don't know if, man, I don't know if I can call them number one because you, you get the angry mob folks. You get some of the people from Jalen Ramsey's crew. You get some of the yeah, other guys. I guess there are a lot of candidates yeah, at this Bouye, point. There are a lot of guys that can lock people down and do some special things. Well, the thing I like about Rhodes is that Rhodes he keeps up with anybody, and, and he's also gigantic. You ever been uh, next to Xavier Rhodes? He's a big dude. Yeah, I've been next to him. Oh, all right. Been next Excuse to him. Excuse me. Yeah, I've been next to him. I've seen him. I sized him up. Next up, the Motor City, the Detroit Lions. Buck, I like this team. Why don't you like them? They're okay. They're I'll good. Tell you, I'll t- I, I have a, a strong one that I assume you're going to say here. I'm going to write it down and see if you get this. I mean, this one seems fairly straightforward. Who are you going with? I'm going with Darius Slay. Oh, are you? Okay. Big play Slay, Pro Bowl cornerback for the Detroit Lions. The reason I'm I'm saying he is the Jenga piece because – for years on end, the Detroit Lions haven't been able to get a consistent pass rush, even with Ziggy Ansah. That's who I wrote He's down. more of a splash him player, mm. more of a splash player. Look, three games last year with three-plus sacks. That's it, three games? Well, what about the other ones? What about the other 13, 14 games? I need him to be a consistent player. Slay showed up each and every week, took on the big-time assignment, made some plays. I believe he's the guy that they can't do. What about that. your boy uh, Sly Williams now? Sly Williams and Ashawn Robinson—they they aren't enough to free Ziggy up a little bit. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. You got to have another pass rush. You got to have another dude on the other side. You've seen it in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Bud Dupree, some of the other guys. Who are some of them pass rushes y'all have taken of late? Uh, it was a kid from Georgia that I thought was going to be real. Oh, well, there was Jason Worlds. There uh, was. Uh, uh, he was supposed to be. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Is it Jones? Jones, yes. Jarvis, Jarvis. Jones. Jarvis Jones. Georgia. Yeah. Jarvis Jones didn't work out. TJ Watt now taking his shot at it. Didn't work out. So, but Darius Slay, Darius Slay in Detroit, perfect, perfect playmaker on the edge. Does a great job. Should should do really, really well in Matt Patricia's system. All right. I like them, man. I think they might go to the playoffs. Man, you're all on. You're all on the. Cynthia must have dropped some. It's about time. It doesn't have to do with that. I like Stafford some, quite a bit. Just sprinkle some magic dust over you to get you. To get By the it. way, Stafford is. I, I like to ID the guys who are the most underrated, and I feel like Stafford for a high end quarterback ranks as the most underrated from that group. Guy who can carry a team. No, he absolutely can carry a team. He's been carrying the team. This is yeah. I think in his career. He's only had games where he's had a guy that rushed over 100 yards seven times. Does uh, Karrion Johnson fix that for him? I think Karrion Johnson helps him. Okay. Next up, the Green Bay Packers. It seems like a lot of people, including Tony Romo, are very hip on this team. I love Very hip on this I team. I'm not, as, I'm not as high on them. I'm going to say Mike Daniels is the Jenga piece. Defensively, they have to get it on track. Mike Patton in his first year has to find a way to create pressure. they got to get these quarterbacks off the spot. I don't know if they're going to be able to hold up in the back end. So that means more on the inside guys. Mm. Mike Daniels commanding double teams. Mike Daniels getting into the backfield, knocking the quarterback around. Mike Daniels has to change the timing and rhythm of the pass game from inside out. Do they have enough with Devontae Adams? Obviously, Rodgers, I've said for seven years now, is the best quarterback that I've ever seen. So obviously he can overcome mediocre wide receivers. But do they have with this particular group enough there? after Jordy Nelson now finally has moved on. And when he went away two years ago, it suddenly revealed uh, that there wasn't a whole lot of depth behind him there. Not a lot of depth behind any of these guys. and so Behind Adams. And Cobb is, you know, kind of trying, hit his, hit his uh, ceiling, it seems. Yeah, you're trying to, trying to find a way to, to make it happen. I, I think here's the thing about the Packers. The Packers are at their best when they use all aspects 
all aspects of their their offense, meaning they incorporate the wideouts, the tight ends, they use the backs. He just kind of sprinkles it in, doesn't allow the defense to get a beat on where they're trying to go. They haven't had that. Like they they could use someone to kind of emerge and be that difference maker over the middle. Is it Jimmy Graham? Is it um, Lance Kendricks? Who can be that guy to kind of help them? kind of stabilized the middle of the field so now their guys on the outside can win on one-on-one. And Maurice likes to call, our friend Maurice Jones-Drew likes to say, Mercedes Lewis, were he drafted onto a different NFL team, would be a Hall of Famer. Wow. Either way, he's, he's, he's nice to add. I think, you know, you put Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis out there with – they have, it seems to me, three nice running back options there. To me – you get Aaron Rodgers, like Russell Wilson and, uh, you know, even Ben Roethlisberger, what you want is to be able to be run and play action, that boot action. You want Rodgers rolling out, right? But you need the running back to put that pressure on the defense. Yeah, the better the running game, uh, the more effective the bootleg, the movement passing game is. Um, it'd be interesting to see because they talked about having uh, a rotation, Ty Montgomery, Aaron Jones, uh, Jamar Williams. They, they want to get those guys – going let's see how challenging that can be for Mike McCarthy especially if the run isn't working early in the game can he quickly shift gears and find a way to kind of balance out and counter what the defense is doing the Chicago Bears of late people getting on board with this team Jordan Howard Jordan Howard and it took a lot for me to go Jordan Howard because I'm not a huge fan of his game stylistically but he's been effective He's been able to kind of spit out 100-yard games like an ATM machine. Does a great job when he has the ball in his hands, can catch the ball out the backfield, sets the table for the quick guy, the, the, the secondary runner, and Tariq Cohen. So, yeah, Jordan Howard to me is a very important piece, and he's very important because the young quarterback still isn't all the way ready to drive the car. Um, I'm interested to see. I'm not going to say he's necessarily a Jenga piece, but I do think that Allen Robinson is an intriguing addition up there to help the kid out. Big guy like that. You know, they they have been getting off with uh, Jordan Howard running the ball at minimum. So maybe if they can uh, add something for uh, Trubisky in year two in the passing game, that'll elevate the team overall. All right, to the south we go now and the New Orleans Saints. Come on, this, this one's pretty easy, right? Alvin Kamara, Cam- number 41. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Cam Jordan. No, Cam Jordan is a really good player, does a great job on their defense, but their defense is what they're known for. They're known for their offense. And the best thing that the New Orleans Saints have been able to do is to support Drew Brees by really fortifying their running back position. Alvin Kamara really gave them something that they didn't have. He's that playmaker extraordinaire out of the backfield, creates mismatches in the passing game, can run tough and physical in the run game when he needs it, can split out wide and really give you big plays. When they didn't have Alvin Kamara, I think it was an Atlanta game on TV, they rolled out to him, they pulled him off the field. The offense completely looks different. He is their most important player. Interesting. I like um, the thing about uh, Kamara that I hope he can continue his run um, in the NFL for another decade because I'd like to see him go into the Hall of Fame. And I've asked him this directly. Will his bust at the Hall of Fame include the nose ring? And and he doesn't just wear a little stud on the side of his nose. He wears like the bull ring in the middle of his nose. That'd be a nice addition to to Canton, Ohio, I think. Um, All right. The Carolina Panthers. Luke Kuechly. 
Luke Keekley is a very important piece. He's the quarterback of the defense. He does a great job of getting everyone to understand what is about to happen. When you look at their defense, they always seem like they're playing one step ahead of the offense. And a lot of that is because Luke Keekley does a great job of studying, preparing, watching film, and taking advantage of the tails that the offense presents. When you see him make the kind of plays that he makes, it is all due to the studying that he puts in. His ability to learn and understand and then communicate the information to his teammates allows that defense to play at a top 10 level. What do you make of the offensive line there in Carolina? Uh, still a work in progress. I mean, I, I still think they, they, you know, they, they lose a Pro Bowl caliber guard. Um, and that affected them. Andrew Warrell going other places. That changes the equation. But Norv Turner coming in. The one thing I know about Norv, they're going to be able to run the ball downhill. He's going to find a way to feature Christian McCaffrey in the passing game. And then they're going to push the ball vertical off play action. All of those things play well to Cam Newton. The thing that Norv wants to eliminate, the ups and downs. A little more consistency. Can they get some consistent play from him? I think they will get consistent play when they get consistent play calls. I think that affects him a lot. I just hope that he will follow the path. I know Mike Shula gets uh, beaten up here and there, but he did cut Cam Newton loose, you know. People knocked him for that. He played to the strength of that offense, which was Cam Newton running around and putting pressure on a defense physically and otherwise. And uh, it it, uh, seems to me that that would benefit Norv Turner, at least now, although I do buy that Cam Newton's getting to a stage in his career where I don't know how much longer he can continue to take that kind of a pounding. Let's go with the Bucs and round it out with uh, the team that's going to be hosting the Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy, guy inside is going to be a dominant player. Oh, you say, wait a minute. You say the Bucs or the Falcons? I said the Bucs. You said hosting the Super Bowl. I said let's start with the Bucs and then finish up with oh, the Oh, okay. All right. All right. I, I, I got You're confused. There was a little That's more. Right. Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy on the inside. He sets the table for the defense. The reason he sets the table because he's inside. Immediate pressure on the quarterback. Now you have JPP on one side. They brought some other players in Vinnie Curry to help them kind of fortify that pass rush. Gerald McCoy is where it starts. Gerald McCoy has to be a guy that gets double-digit sacks on the inside. When he does that, that defense plays a little differently. You remove him. You don't have ability to really create that pressure right away. Now you expose your secondary that's been vulnerable the last season or so. I would uh, I would point you to the Philadelphia Eagles once again here in the Copycat League. Think Fletcher Cox in 2016 versus 2017. Suddenly now he is surrounded by talented guys coming in from uh, from the outside. That position a weakness in 2017 for the Bucks now is a position of strength. I suspect that that will be a a bright spot and an otherwise grim season down there in Tampa St. Wow. Well, listen, look at the division they're in. Wow. They're in there with the Saints. They're in there with the Panthers. And they're in there with the team everybody's sleeping on right who, now, Bucky. Who? The team that's hosting the Super Bowl, the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons. People you know sleeping what? on? Yeah, they are. Because let me tell you something. Everybody, here's, here's the story about the 2017 Falcons. What's going on with them? Their offense has gotten bad. And, uh, you know, what's, they, they don't look right. And this what a disappointing year coming off of 28-3 to against the Patriots and everything else. But they went. They won double-digit games in a tough division, and they had the Eagles beat up in Philly in the uh, in the divisional round. This was not a bad bad season. The Falcons, I suspect, rise back up in that stadium. They know the Super Bowl would be the big payoff at home. I'm not the biggest Matt Ryan fan in the world, but I think he's fine. I think he's fine. I think he's good. Thirty million dollar quarterback. Who do you take, Matt Ryan or Alex Smith? Oof. 
Oh, look at him think about these. This is crazy, right? I think, I mean, I like Alex Smith a great deal, but man, oh, man. Man, oh, man, what? Maybe just, I'm surprised by the guys. Why? But, uh, They're like one and the same. They're like the same quarterback. They are? Kind of. Okay. Very similar. Jenga piece. Julio Jones. Julio. Julio Jones made Matt Ryan an MVP. Simple as that. Just like Odell Beckham Jr. elevates Eli Manning, Julio Jones elevates Matt Ryan. And I think Matt Ryan is an outstanding player. Really good quarterback. But he's a different player when he doesn't have number 11 on the field. Do you really think that if you took a – to me, I think that team would still be good. I think they – I think, by the way, I think the defense in Atlanta is going to be dynamite. Well, the, the defense is built to play inside. They play with speed. They're also built to play with an offense that can put up points, which is why last year they struggled – with a new play call in Steve Sarkeesian where they couldn't be as prolific, couldn't score as many points consistently. Defense had to kind of play these longer games. They weren't necessarily playing downhill, meaning that their pass rushers know, look, they have it's an obvious passing situation because they got to chase points. Offensively, that's how the Atlanta Falcons have to play. And a big part of Julio Jones being the Jenga piece is his ability to dominate all over the field and Sarkeesian's ability to try and get them going. All right, I'll sign off on that. It's interesting, though. Sort of like Jordy Nelson going down. It it took Jordy Nelson getting hurt for people to recognize the significant role he played in Green Bay. It's the same effect with Kyle Shanahan last year. You take him out of the mix, and maybe he he proved himself to be the Jenga piece for the Atlanta Falcons uh, a year ago because once he went away, that offense suddenly became mediocre, which which I guess was not – which was fairly damning for – uh, for Matt Ryan there. Speaking of play callers, though, Bucky, you have up there at NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks your top five play calling pairs. Why don't you tick them off? Start at number five, why don't you, for drama's sake. Oh, I like doing this for drama's sake. Here we go. Pat Sherman, James Betcher. The reason this tandem is so outstanding, look, you have a high-level creative play caller and Pat Sherman. He is what I call a player Elevated. You think about what he was able to do in Minnesota. He made Case Keenum look like an elite quarterback. Did a great job of creating opportunities for him. Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, what he was able to do briefly with Dalvin Cook. I think he's one of the best. And then in James, is Patrick, that is so very quickly? Is is that too big an assumption then that the Vikings, given the the quality twenty seventeen and the depth of the the apparent depth of roster, is Pat Shermer going to loom as the Kyle Shanahan of of yes. twenty eighteen? That man, they can't make it without this. Guy. It's gonna be different. It's gonna be different. Now I know you have a you have Flip coming over. He's getting a new quarterback with the same personnel. Are they running the same system that they ran with Pat Sherman? Does he know how to manipulate the system to create those opportunities for others? What I saw from Shermer a year ago, he could take whichever players, find a way to put them in positions where they can succeed. Every play caller doesn't have that ability. And then in New York, he gets the opportunity to play opposite a D coordinator that is outstanding at what he does. Betcher does a great job of dialing up the blitz. They blitz maybe more than anybody else in the National Football League. In Arizona, they did it the last three years. They finished in the top six. I believe with the talent that the Giants have on defense, Betcher's going to make a huge difference. All right. Bucky likes this team very much. Love them. You, you, you definitely see them playing in January, huh? Oh, yeah. I think, they, right. I, think, I think we can see three teams from the NFC East get into the playoffs. At number four. Ken Wisenhunt, Gus Bradley. Ken Wisenhunt does a great job with veteran quarterbacks. He just basically gives them the game plan, allows them to do their thing, kind of stays out the way. He will rein Phillip Rivers in a little bit, make sure they call enough runs, but really he lets the veteran go. Defensively, Gus Bradley, that simple yet aggressive defense really works well with their personnel. Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, 
We've seen them crash off the edges. Then you get a Derwin James in the middle to be the enforcer. Casey Hayward on the outside making a ton of plays as a perfect complement to that defense. I like this defense. I like what Gus Bradley has already done in the short time there. Well, we've talked about it a great deal on uh, the uh, Damashek football program this uh, this summer with Matt Money-Smith, the voice of the Chargers. Um, I'm very high on this team. Unless Phil Rivers hits old age a little bit earlier than Tom Brady and, uh, and those contemporaries – have then I think uh, this has I think this is your your team out of the AFC or should be the Super Bowl favorite. Woo! Given the roster, look the at the Look how loaded wow. they are, man. And Derwin James, I like Trey Boston a lot, but as a fit, Derwin James fixes the only flaw they had aside uh, from offensive line, which he is gives them an enforcer. He gives them an enforcer in the middle. Now the one thing that the Chargers have never done, they haven't really handled playing with the weight of expectations. Now people are expecting them to be the team. Expecting them not only to win the West, but be one of the last teams standing. Let's see how they handle that. We'll see the maturity of this team. At number three. Oh, man. Super Bowl champions. Defending Super Bowl champions. Doug Peterson, Jim Swartz. Nice tandem. And Doug Peterson, creative play caller who's willing to dig down deep into his bag of tricks to help his quarterback play at a high level. We saw him go all the way back and find some things for Nick Foles that he used to do when he was really hot, 27-2 and two season, when he played like a MVP. Put that back into the mix in the postseason, elevated him. In fact, he was so good elevating Nick Foles, it made me wonder, how much is he impacting Carson Wentz? We're talking about Carson Wentz being an MVP because we're seeing the talent, seeing the things that he's done. Is he an MVP strictly because of his talent or because Doug Peterson has figured out how to elevate his play? Never gets talked about because we assume that Carson Wentz is like a top five player, but maybe just maybe Doug Peterson has made him a top five player by putting him in a situation where he can flourish. I think I think that's a fair question to ask, and uh, as far as that goes, I remember watching a nice uh, uh, season unfolding in Philadelphia. Jason Peters goes down, and I remember that. Well, that's that. That's the end of that. I mean, it was like that a couple of times. Was when that Jason Peterson unfolded when when he kind of went on the injury list, and then when they lost Carson Wentz, people on Twitter were saying, "Oh, it's over. It's done. No way Nick Foles can lead him Super Bowl." Then it did it. I think that's a byproduct of coaching. And then on the defense side of the board, Schwartz does a great job of simplifying everything. He wants to play with a four-man rush. He wants to play maximum coverage. He's going to make you dink and dunk, and he's going to rely on you to make mistakes. That's what the Philadelphia Eagles have been able to do, and it works because offensively, when you score a lot of points, you can play bend but don't break on defense. It is a nice compliment that they have going in Philly. That's winning football in the 21st century, right? Compliment. If you have a high-powered offense, then you can do less on defense. Bend but don't break. Don't give up big Seattle players. for a couple of do years. It. The Jags last year. But they're, and the, the and Broncos Seattle is in different. Super Bowl it, year. It was but. different because the formula was defense is going to dominate. But, I mean, I'm yes. just giving you the examples yes. of teams that are so dominant in terms of points uh, allowed and everything yes. else. There are not very many examples of those. So you do have to be uh, just make the drive last as long as you can and eventually the team against you. God's playing your favor. Right? The more plays that you make the offense make, the, the more chances are that they'll mess it up. At number two. Ooh, New England Patriots. Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, and Brian Flores. The reason I had to put Belichick and Flores, Flores is the de facto defense coordinator. Doesn't have the title but has the responsibilities. And then he has the overlord, Bill Belichick, looking over his shoulder, make sure that the defense operates correctly for at least a season or two before they give him the title. That's what they traditionally have done in New England. And Josh McDaniels, you have a very creative yet systematic play call. And I know 
Tom Brady deserves a ton of credit for being the greatest of all time and doing all the things that he's done at quarterback. But Josh McDaniels does a really good job of positioning his players in a spot where they can kind of exploit matchups, whether it's the running backs, the slot receivers, using Gronk as a decoy to kind of dictate the terms of the defense. Josh McDaniels is a really, really creative play caller. And that brings us to number one. Uh, Boy Wonder, Sean McVay and the old guy, Wade Phillips. This is the best tandem. When you look at what Sean McVay was able to do with Jared Goff, the Jared Goff effect, I think you can see the impact that a really good play caller can have on a quarterback. A quarterback that many of us thought was a bust, couldn't play in the league, whatever, quickly, in a year, he made him a Pro Bowl player because of the play calls, because of communicating with him, because of putting him in position to really play to his strengths. That's what Sean McVay did. And then in Wade Phillips, you have the old guy who is simple yet aggressive. What they do on defense isn't a lot of trickery. They're kind of straightforward with their blitz approach, but he turns his dogs loose. They get after it. And now this year with the other pieces that they've added, Marcus Peters, Akeem Tlaib, you have Indomitian Sue. It could be scary for people facing the LA Rams. And this is, are you just uh, as a bonus for the listener right now, are you saying the Rams are going to the Super Bowl? Uh, why not? How many teams can we put in the Super Bowl? I don't know. It seems like there there were at least three or four that me might How many teams can we put in? Yeah, let's guarantee it. I learned this from Andre Rosen. Andre Rosen said, guarantee stuff. You can never go wrong. Just guarantee it. And at the end of the day, if you're right. People don't remember that. They don't remember. I guaranteed it. You know what I said a year ago? I said the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know who? You did not. Did I say it or not, Sully? I don't remember that. But come on. Oh, how dare you show it off. They weren't even on the radar, lad. Come on. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Bucky. I will produce the audio for you. You got, you guys, by the way, are predicting an all-LA Super Bowl according to this episode. <coughs> Why not? Why be, not? And the next, so fun. And the it's ne- a couple it, years early, though. A couple years early. That, how cool would it be LA, LA, in LA? I mean, that would be too much LA. That That'd would be, be a lot of fun. A lot of LA, though. What's fun is uh, sitting next to uh, the great Brucky Brooks, who I dare say, frankly, it. Uh, I, I resent the, the – What do you uh, resent? That it took – a little bit too long in my book for Bucky Brooks' star to rise, but now it has. And uh, it hasn't yeah. risen. It hasn't risen. I, I, it hasn't I, risen. Look, I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give all props to Dave Damashek because when I was a podcast free agent, I didn't have a home. I was just out there floundering. Dave Damashek let me come on and let me just kind of spout craziness and nonsense. He even paired me with my guy, Orange <laughs> Peel, EH, and I would rip EH to shreds on the podcast, and that helped me. They helped me find a spot. Uh, Orange the, pill. The, uh, richly deserved. Glad to see <laughs> you doing pill. stuff on uh, all over NFL Network and uh, hosting radio shows. Oh, I got a rap, though. I got a rap. You're taking over. I got a rap. Come on. Oh, I didn't know. Move rap. the sticks. You're rap, over there talking. Man. Look, no show on Thursday. I will team up with DJ next Tuesday. We'll have another show next Thursday. We will release our Pac-12 Media Day episode. That should be exciting. Check out all of our videos on YouTube.com or NFL.com slash MTS video. You can also say, why don't you listen to the Damashek show? Because we're going to cover the AFC. I haven't finished. Oh, all right. Go ahead. I haven't finished. Continue. I mean, you're just talking. We're going to do AFC. We got, a new, we got a new VOD that is up there. Linebacker under 30, one play, one drive, one game, next five seasons. That is out today. And also, if you want more of this nonsense, <laughs> me and Dave going back, we're going to flip it over. We're going to play a home game Jenga on the DDFP. Piece. All right, great stuff, Bucky Brooks, and uh, and thanks for listening. 
um, and Muzzle Tub on his own show <laughs> to uh, Daniel Jeremiah on the, on the Chargers gig for 2018. All right, for Bucky Brooks, Dave Damashek, move the sticks. They'll talk to you next week. But in the meantime, why don't you just flip over to the uh, Damashek football program and listen to us talk about the AFC Jenga pieces, all right? All right, done and done. It's been a thin slice of hell. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, Tanner girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.